Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host, as always. Happy to be back uh, in studio. Of course, I have a fantastic guest with me that we're going to get to here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, thanks so much for your support as we've finished the month of January. Huge success for Elevate, and uh, it has been uh, you working alongside God to get these episodes out to the people that need to hear them, uh, to pop up on their phones or their laptops, however they consume their podcasts. Uh, we're just happy that you've been able to share them and they've made some type of impact. I've heard great things about some of the things that God is doing with Elevate and the ministry. So uh, we thank you so much for all of your support. So I have a great guest. We met, I guess, yesterday officially for the very first time. We're able to go out with, uh, with some of the crew to, to a nice dinner. And uh, I'm going to give him the opportunity to introduce himself. I'm not entirely sure how much information I can reveal. Well, uh, you know what? We'll just do it and we'll just see what happens. I'm going to let him introduce himself. And, uh, and then I got our, our wonderful guest question that we hit everybody with that he's not scared about because I may have scared him at the beginning. But anyway, Anthony, go for it, brother. Introduce yourself, where you're from, yeah. um, what you do, what you study, why you're here, a little bit of, little yeah, bit of everything. For sure. Yeah, man. So, um, well, first of all, it's just an honor to be with you, Calvin. Like, how yeah, cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Looking forward to this. Me too, man. Um, yeah. So, my name is Anthony Leiter. I am a, um, I'm a pastor from uh, Southeastern California. Yeah. And I, uh, I say from Southeastern California, that's, uh, you know, where I've pastored uh, most recently, but I actually grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. And um, my story, my origin story per se, short version, I'm a Canadian. Grew, I was born there. Uh, born in Alberta. Uh, my f family moved down to the States when I was like four or five years old. Pretty cool. And uh, my dad is actually a pastor as well. And he, he went he went back to school to be to finish his theology degree. Uh, he did that at Walla Walla. We lived there for a couple of years. Then we moved to Andrews so he could do seminary in Michigan, Berrien Springs. And uh, then we moved back to the Washington area. And I kind of grew up there throughout elementary school and, and high school. So that's kind of my, my stomping grounds up there, Pacific Northwest. It's pretty cool. Very yeah, interesting. Man. What brings you to Texas, if we can even divulge in that information? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm also <laughs> unsure as of what all to say. <laughs> I, I, look, well, he's here for yeah. a special reason. Yes. We'll just throw that out there. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, the easiest way to just say it is uh, I'm here. To, uh, Michael invited me down to be a guest speaker this weekend at Elevate. Yep. Um, I'm a student currently at Andrews University, uh, doing my MDiv, finishing up there. So I finished up the summer cool. and, uh, Michael is a connection of mine, friend of mine. And so he invited me, me down this weekend and yeah. I, uh, just spoke yesterday at, at Elevate for church. Yeah. yeah. What an awesome opportunity. So, uh, that's why I'm here. Pretty cool. That's, uh, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic message. We're going to get to that here, um, in just a little bit. So make sure to stay tuned for that this week when it drops, um, on Tuesday, you don't want to miss that. Uh, we had a great time with, with Anthony yesterday. Like I said, we went out to eat. Dude, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had pizza. We had lots of pizza. Lots of pizza. Too much. <laughs> I didn't regret it, but <laughs> it's it it's good. an interesting feeling when like you know you order a pizza sometimes like okay, I know what to expect because mm -hmm. there's eight slices here. Yeah, but in the restaurant we went at, they just like they just come on trays. They, they, just, they keep, just keep it keep, yeah keeps coming. Dessert pizza. There's dessert pizza. Like you think you're done and you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm so full. And they're like, are you ready for dessert pizza? Yeah. And you're like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Ugh, no, I was not it prepared. Was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Glad you could hang out with us. Uh, and I'm happy. It's, honest, it's also an honor for me to have you here. Uh, this is really cool. So, okay. The mm -hmm. scary question. I'm it's ready. It's not a scary question. Okay. But it gives, uh, I think it gives us and our listeners maybe a little bit into uh, a 
of a better knowledge of who you are. And yeah. Kind of, anyway, so here we go. Take your time if you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Question is, what would you say makes you who you are? Ooh, that's a great question yeah. and very difficult. <laughs> it's not. Mm. It wasn't too scary. Yeah, true. This isn't like gotcha journalism. Yeah. Uh, and I, I even expand the question sometimes. And yeah. Say, you know, maybe recently you've found that it's a little something different than it was your whole life or however mm. you want to answer that question. Mm. Feel free to, to go about it however you wish. What do you feel mm. makes you who you are, whether today or in the past? What makes you who you are? Oh, that's difficult. I would say... And we're just we're just going here, so this is not a pre-prepared answer. No, I'm a I'm a bit of a know. verbal processor as well, so I tend to find my way along the journey sure. verbally. Sure, um, <laughs> I would say it is a combination. If we think of life as perhaps a two-sided coin, okay, with one side being all of the beauty and joy, friendships, you know, positive, incredible life-giving experiences, and the other side of the coin as hurtful really difficult, perhaps even traumatic, um, painful moments, I would say perhaps the double-sided coin of life um, in a lot of ways. Of course, God um, God is there, but um, maybe not even but, and mm-hmm. God is in and around and among and within and um, you know the whole time. But I would say the double-sided coin of life, um, I think, perhaps. Ooh, I like that. The, yeah, there, there's more that could be unpacked there, but that's... That's yeah. a, that's another episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> part two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a part two. That's a later on. Perhaps I like, a part two. Uh, I, I like I like that answer. Um, I, a, I can expound, but I also don't have to. Whatever, I'm following you. Go for it. Give me give me a little okay. a, a little paragraph, a little nugget as to what what you mean. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah, maybe to make it super practical. Um, like I grew up in a you know two family home. Okay. Um, parents that were in love with each other and loved us. Um, my my mom and dad are both awesome in different ways. My dad's a pastor, um, and so I, I grew up in a really. Um, God was the center of my home. My parents yeah. had really vibrant devotional lives, um, and we're really. T- tight knit family. Um, I have two siblings and, uh, we're, we're really close. We're all best friends. And so I think on the one hand, family has been in a really important pillar of that has made me who I am. Mm. Um, my family was a type of family. We ate dinner together. My mom, that was really important to her. Um, I always ate really fast and my mom was like, um, you know, you can't leave the dinner table, uh, until, until everybody's done. Until and I always, done. I, yeah. I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, I just want to go and like watch TV or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it ended up being like um, awesome because we 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 just cultivated such a family uh, like a a culture of mm. conversation. We're mm. the kind of family we'll just sit around the living room and talk for hours because uh, we just love each other. We're just best friends, all of us. Um, and um, so I'd say family shaped me maybe on the one side of the coin. But then there's also been a lot of you know difficult circumstances in my life. Sure. Um, you know, my family went through a season of poverty, bordering on homelessness. Uh, I'm divorced. Um, and things like that, difficult seasons and moments and experiences like that, um, have shaped me deeply. Yeah. Um, and and made me who I am for sure. The kind of the the death and resurrection of those things. Um. So those are yeah. That's those those are some pieces of maybe both sides that I think have contributed to who and, I am. And I love how you said that. In among both sides, God is in between all of it. Mm, yeah. That's, I, I like. I think yeah. we forget that. I think we sometimes think that he's only on one side of the coin. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> but he's very much interwoven on the other side, mm-hmm. and it's just tough to see it because our human brains just don't like comprehend that. Sometimes. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. And there's this like some, I have a Bible study at seminary with a bunch of friends and we were just talking about this kind of, oh, this might sound a little, this might be a hot take. I don't know. This, I like it. Okay. I love the hot takes. <laughs> this phrase um, that we've been kind of toying with the idolatry of hope Ooh. and how, and maybe it's not even hope. Maybe hope isn't the right words. We've been trying to figure out what, what it is, but essentially the, the concept is sometimes in Christian, Christianity and faith, it seems as if we have this assumption and idea that God is only present in the good things and the beauty in the, the things that are, uh, you know, obviously good, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. Um, and so we, we end up just sort of living our lives, like assuming like God is only in those things and that the negative things are all, you know, the devil, evil, you know, ne- you know, results of sin. When in the scriptures, you see a God who seems to be present in all, in all of it. Mm. Um, you, you know, you see a God who's very much, in and among, you know, he allows Job to go through what he goes through, yeah. you know, in the story of Job, you know, and, and God is, he, he's part of that story. He, he's cognizant, he's aware, he's there and yet still allows it, you know? So it brings up a lot of difficult questions and conversations, but to me, I really think there's this, uh, I'm talking, feel like I'm talking a lot. Am I talking too much? Okay. This, is, this is perfect. Go for oh, it. Okay. Um, one of my favorite authors is Henry Nouwen, and he talks about the interconnectedness of uh, grief and beauty. And he talks about how grief and beauty are really siblings in the mm. same family and how grief is only grief because it was beautiful. Um, and so one of the phrases that he said, he writes about that I say all the time to, to people uh, in, and has been helpful to me is uh, if it hurts a lot, it's because it mattered. It mattered a lot. Mm-hmm. If it's really difficult, it's because you cared a lot mm-hmm. and wow, wow, what a, what a beautiful thing that is. So I don't know if we're off track, but no, I'm, yeah. Hey. I like it. We jump off cliffs in this podcast all the time. We nice. go swimming in completely different directions. So <laughs> perfect. Uh, I love swimming. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I think it's a good it's a good reminder to know that in those things, God is still <clears throat> not only present but like in control. Mm, and like yeah, and like tomorrow uh, is is not something to to stress about because He's got it. You know. Oh yeah. And, and so when I when I hear that, I, I just oh, I yeah. love the reminder that. That's just a simple reminder. We forget about it all the time, but mm-hmm. he's there oh, in yeah. that stuff also. Yeah. And the mystery of like sometimes things that we assume or we experience as like pain or tragedy or difficulty, hardship, that perhaps those are also a gift as well. Um, yeah. I keep thinking of, I preached on this recently in December, um, the story of Lazarus and the the tech, the verse that sticks out to me in that story is when Jesus says to Mary and Martha, you know, Mary and Martha, that, you know, they come to him and Mary says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right. And he says, it was good for you that I was not there. Yeah. Good for you and your faith. Yeah. And that's so difficult, but it's, uh, I've experienced that for yeah. sure. Just the, uh, the compassion of the God who allows pain, mm. which is. It's a weird thing to say. It is. Yeah. Wow. What a great answer to that question. Sorry. Love that was it. a lot. No, no, no. That's perfect. I uh, tend to be was, long-winded, so I, I'm trying to be cognizant of it. It was really good. It makes it makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> so you just do your thing. Okay. Um, let me ask you this: what mm-hmm. uh, what excites you most about ministry? Ooh, ministry in general. Ministry in general. I want to answer this answer. Organize. My instinct is to say there are three spheres <laughs> of answers, but maybe I'll just start talking and we'll get somewhere. I like it. I have a follow-up. So okay. I th- there might be one or two things. I don't know. I'll just start talking. I think um, one is just that I, I'm just ultra relational. I'm just an ultra relational guy. Relationships, I feel like is my bread and butter. Like 
I feel as if I almost don't know who I am when I'm not in community with people. And I, and I, fr friendships, connections, relationships are just so crucial to me. I feel like I'm, I'm always seeking them out. I'm always, no, no matter where I am, where I live, I'm like going to the coffee shop, going to local churches, just to meet people, to make connections. Like, you know, I'm the kind of person I want to know the, the mailman's name and like be his friend. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think I'm, because of that ministry just it fits my personality so well because of that because it's just all about connections relationships mm -hmm. being involved in other people's lives and mm -hmm. i feel like it's i'm someone who's always had like a really tight-knit group of friends i have a, like a, a some close like three or four close guy friends and we've been friends forever since like high school and before and um i think maybe that has shaped me a lot and made me into the kind of person i just i love ministry for that reason mm -hmm. um and then maybe a secondary, more pastory reason um, is just because um, I, the gospel actually changed my life um, as a young person. And I feel as if I, seeing that happen for others is incredibly beautiful and, um, and life-giving to me. Um, being able to present that and then having the light bulb go off and for people to see, wow, like I'm truly deeply loved and um, experiencing that is, is really life-giving to me. So I think that's probably my answer. I I relate so much with what you said about being a relational person. Mm -hmm. um, because my dad, one of the things he's always told me is that I, one of the reasons that God put us here on earth was to have relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that that word relationship um, includes every relationship you can think of. Romantic, business, friendship, best mm -hmm. friendship, whatever it is, yeah. family. We're here to have that. And uh, mm -hmm. he's always pushed. I have an older brother. Mm. And he's always pushed me, my brother. You know the the relationships that you have in life, they're there because God wants you to have them. So mm. like, take care of them and protect them. That's and good. sometimes those people are going to have to leave, and that's okay. But that's part of the process. Mm. New relationships will come. So I I, mm -hmm. I love that that that's one of the reasons what excites you about ministry because in my life and the leadership, I guess quote unquote positions that mm -hmm. you know I've had in churches, um, that's one of the things that I've always been pushed. Like like man, we like we got to understand we are a community. Mm -hmm. Like. That's got to be one of our big focuses. You yeah, know? yeah. So I really nice. like that. I really like that. Kindred spirits. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Absolutely. So here's my follow-up to yes. what excites you about ministry. Mm -hmm. A lot of our listeners, um, and obviously the community here is, this is a university. Mm -hmm. It's a college town. And I'm just curious um, what you would maybe say to, mm -hmm. to someone on a campus where you can study whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But we're all under this, you know, Christian umbrella and, you know, we want to do ministry wherever. Mm -hmm. If someone's maybe not feeling where uh, where God is taking them, what would you mm. kind of say to maybe a student or just maybe someone in general who, who wants to do ministry, but mm. they also love another career? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can they do both? What would you kind of yeah. say to that? Yeah, for sure. I, th I, I think perhaps this is going to sound, this is very seminary language and I'll try and make it normal people language. <laughs> okay. Um, I think in the Adventist church, I think we've done a poor job of having a good theology of vocation. Ooh. And essentially I think what that means is like having a, we haven't done a great job of, of casting a vision for how you can, you can actually be a person of ministry who embodies the gospel in the world and follows God and into the great commission and be a baker or a chef or yeah. a plumber or a, you know, like a, yeah, that's anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel as if, you know, there's sort of this concept like, man, I kind of feel like, 
and this is how I, I remember I feeling this way in like undergrad um, and before because I never wanted to be a pastor. That's kind of part of my story. Um, I, t- typical pastor's kid story. Uh, sure. <laughs> I was a rebellious pastor's kid, never wanted to be a pastor. And I remember, but I'd had this transformative experience with Jesus in, in the, at the end of high school. And I remember feeling like, uh, like I want to do all these things, but I can't just be like a Christian designer or a Christian, you know, architect. Like sure. that's, and, um, but in the, in reality, that wasn't true. Like you can. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, um, yeah, I think that's totally possible and doable. Um, so yeah, I think maybe that's the first piece just that like there, that that's actually, I think the things that you love to do and you're good at doing and you're passionate at doing, like those aren't just a coincidence that like God actually put that in you, you know, like if you're a great designer or a great mathematician or like you love to cook or you love to design or, you know, like whatever it is, you're a good engineer or like software to it, like, like that's, that's from God. So to me, it's like, if God is real, it starts with the premise, like if God is real and the story of the Bible is actually true, then it's like everything that you love to do, like God put that in you, you mm-hmm. know? So, you know, we're created to be, you know, be fruitful, multiply. That's, yeah the human vision, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Part of the talents that he already gave you. Yeah. yeah. Part of the things that's already part of you. Yeah. Like I do think there is a, I tend to, I love reading fantasy. That's something about me. I love reading fiction and like stories and I love like Lord of the Rings and stuff and, you know, C.S. Lewis and stuff. And I, um, I tend to be like, maybe make it sound kind of fantastical. I I like to call it like the voice. And really what I mean by that is the voice of God. If you, I do think that like, sometimes the voice will speak and compel like, oh, this needs to be your career. um, And I have experienced that and I know others who have. Um, But I I have said many times to people, if you like do anything else other than being, being a pastor, other than being a missionary, other than being you know, a professional church person, like do absolutely anything else unless you can't. And if you can't, then you have to, because wow. you feel the voice. It's uh-huh. like Jonah, you know, you, you feel, you always feel like you're running away. You mm. There's, there's like a, yeah. So ah, I'm saying a lot of words again. Huh? No, no, this is good. I like <laughs> it. I like it. This is good. I think, I think they're piecing it together, okay. which is good. It's making sense. It's making perfect sense to me. Nice. Okay. Um, so I want to go to your message. Uh, yeah. You, you said a couple of things that I just want to maybe touch on a little bit. Okay. Um, you talked about the masks that we wear sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I thought around, I was like, man, that's 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 really cool because we all do it. Mm-hmm. We're all at fault of, of, of some reason where we have a mask up for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. But I wondered maybe what your thoughts would be as a collective community. Mm-hmm. How do we help each other kind of take those off? Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think I, you know, I can go to God and I can say, all right, God, let's work on this, me and you one-on-one. I'm going to remove this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then when it goes to my best friend, how, how do we do this removing mask thing as a community? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? that. How would you? Mm-hmm. That's great. I feel as if um, the, as Adventists, we historically we've had a love for the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. I think that that's part of maybe the part of the Adventist heritage is like, we felt like there's some things in the text that Christians have forgotten okay. that we're coming back to. Right. And one of the most interesting verses uh, that I um, find in the new Testament, um, bear each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the commandment of God. Mm. 
And I love that verse because I think it teaches us exactly what you're saying. Like, um, and I, I wish I could have talked about this in the sermon, but this almost feels like a part two. It almost feels sure, like a, absolutely. it could have been a whole series. I feel like, because <clears throat> it's, cause it's so crucial. Like, how do we even do that together? Um, how do we even, is there a way to cultivate that? And I really think that's what it is. Bearing each other's burdens. I think that mm. that's a huge part of it is just simply like truth telling to each other, getting in community with people other with other believers uh-huh. and then just bearing each other's burdens telling the truth this is where i'm at this is who i am this is who mm-hmm. i really am behind the mask you know behind all the pretense this is really who i am having having people in your life who you can actually who hold you accountable who you can be honest with who yeah. you know you can go to and say like i'm i don't believe this right now you know or i'm i'm in sin right now or uh-huh. I, you know just that you can practice confession and then bearing bearing that burden for each other um being that i think that that's being the church like mm. um so i think maybe that's not the whole piece of the pizza sure <laughs> to bring it back to pizza oh, there we go i like it uh, but um maybe a slice um just like radical honesty you know i'm thinking of that other verse i'm thinking of when jesus says abide in the word and you'll know the truth and then the truth will set you free so i i think there's like there's the abiding and then you almost can't hide anymore if you genuinely come to the text with an open heart i think there's a revealing that happens and you're just like oh yeah i'm i'm really compromising right now or oh i'm you know you god reveals to you really who you really are and then but then there's the other piece of like okay i need to now i need to confess that to someone i need to like i need to be in community and say i haven't really been believing this or you know i've been doing this thing i'm like and no one knows it's a secret in my life and just can let it letting it because truth breaks secrets mm-hmm. i feel like now i'm preaching now i'm on a tangent but uh you're getting there <laughs> yeah sin sin thrives in secrecy mm. and secrecy secrecy creates prison and chains but as soon as you tell the truth it just breaks it uh-huh. there's just freedom um and i but i feel like that ne- there needs to be repetition it has to be repeated there has to be it has to become a practice. It has to get in the life of yeah. like, you know, um, yeah. Cause we're not, we're not heart wired to be that. To we're, do that. Yeah. It has to, we have to practice it. Man. I love that you, that you touched on that, uh, about truth and, and honesty and just being able to get that off of your chest. Because mm. I'll admit the mm-hmm. way that I grew up, uh, grew up in a Hispanic church my entire life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe it's just the culture thing, but for for a long I grew up in time, black church, so similar. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you get, you get what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. A lot of it for me has been in the Adventist church growing up. Um, I guess maybe even in society, it'll teach you that like, mm-hmm. but being honest and and telling that truth. Oh, but Kelvin, that's that's weak. Yeah, like you can't do that. Yeah, vulnerability like, is weakness. Like, yeah, yeah. Like even if you tell your you know your best friend, you know, just be careful because he may see you or she may see you as mm-hmm. as this and. And it's not supposed to be that way. Like, it's not supposed to be that way. And I think mm. that's just like a, a lie from the enemy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a trick to just, for us to hold everything in. Mm. And then we can't be free, like what you're just saying, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it's just been like that. And I think that's that's such a great reminder, what you just pointed out. Like, man, like we like we got to just like get it out. Mm. Yeah. Tell, tell the truth, like be honest. We're, we're here as a community, you know? Mm-hmm. You said something special about that, that one-on-one moment, being alone, mm-hmm. you know, kind of with God. And how that's different mm, than just like, mm-hmm. 
me and you praying or Mm -hmm. praying here at church or praying with your friends. And I kind of want to know where, I don't know, is that a, is that Mm -hmm. a personal thing that you've experienced? Mm -hmm. Um, Where did that idea kind of come from when you were preparing the message? That it's different. It's just a little bit different when you're just one-on-one in a quiet Mm -hmm. place and nobody's there. It's just you and God. Yeah. Perhaps it's connected to, to exactly kind of the core of what I was really feeling like I was trying to get across, which is that there's something in us that wants religion to be performative. We want to work for it. We want to, we, we, we want to strive. Mm -hmm. We, we want there to be some sort of exchange. We want there to be a transaction. God, if I do this, then you have to do this. We want it to be some sort of like that. And this is, we're, we talked about this. I talked about this a little in the sermon. Um, like that's like that's not that's a pagan framework. Yeah. For religion, um, it's you know the idea that if I if I if I move upward, if I go up, you know, up on the up the steps towards the heavens, if I do the effort to go up, then God will see that and come down and reward. And um, another author, one of my favorite authors, Tim Keller, he talks about how Christianity is not. Christianity is an anti-religion. It's an upside down religion because it, it asserts that God not only will come down, but he comes down all the way. We don't. Mm. And that's the scandal of Christianity is, is there is no climbing to get, but God actually comes, comes down all the way. He, he initiates without any us doing anything. And so I think because of that, I think when you're alone, it's harder to be performative. It, it's it's harder for it to be a performance. It's like, oh, now I have to, either you can just sort of sit there and pretend, you know, it's like, well. You can't even do that either because it's even, just it's just you and God. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and I mean, there's plenty of times where I, you know, sit there and haven't actually talked about what's on my mind. I sure. have, you know, there's, there's a way to, but I do think there's something, if you're, if you're willing to engage, if you're willing to go there and, and be honest, then I think there's something about, yeah, that God will meet you there in a, in a special Mm. way. And I think that I, and now that's not to say I have a really complicated um, relationship with prayer, to be honest, like in a sermon like that, it sounds, I make it sound, oh yeah, this is just, it sounds a lot easier, but I think in actuality, and I wish I could have talked more about this, um, but I was trying to be on time (laughs) so hard yesterday. (laughs) Um, Like I almost wish that it could have been and an idea to me, I'm always, this is all on the side to me, whenever I'm writing sermons, I always realize like, oh, this could be like three weeks. Sure. Like I could spend a whole week on one and a whole week on, you know? Um, but yeah, I have a complicated relationship with prayer. And I think because of that, um, be, well, maybe I'll just describe it, but I also, I, Go for it. I don't know why I'm feeling like I need to be fast. Like I no, we got okay, all the time. Okay. We got all the time. Okay. Um, yeah, I think like I grew up, I think we grew up really similar, like, you know, really conservative home uh-huh. and kind of, I kind of, I grew up in that framework of Adventism and there's nothing wrong with, you know, conservatism. I was just talking with, um, a couple of young adults this afternoon at lunch. Um, a couple of the, the homies from last night. Oh, okay. And, um, yep. And we, I was talking about like what a gift it is to grow up in a space where um, you you learn okay God is real truth is real there's a difference between truth and lies good and evil life and death and like that foundation is so crucial and so important and um, I I really believe in that I um, I think that's really important I think that's some of the richness that like 
those those who are in conservative spaces give us. Um, and so that was kind of my framework. But I think a piece of that, sometimes what we're tempted to do is um, the performative thing. Because and it's so and uh, it's so and this falls into all along the line whether you're a conservative liberal, it just looks different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that space, as it pertains to prayer life, I I think somewhere along the way I picked up the idea like I had to be really performative in my prayer life. I had to do all these right things. I had to wake up at six a.m. and read a thoughtful hour of Ellen White and the Bible, and I had to wow. have my journal and read uh, wow. you know Jesus Calling, and I had to. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so there was a point in my life where I just, I had a super robust system, you know, I had like sticky notes of people I was praying for. And I had like, I would read, you know, my utmost for his highest. I don't know if you know that book, mm-hmm. just like a book of daily devotions okay. by Oswald Chambers. He's a, excuse me, uh, devotional writer from way back, like hundred years ago. And, um, I just had all these books that I was reading and like, I would, you know, would fast regularly. And I had, and I, and I, all those things are good, but I, the heart from which it was coming from, for me was I didn't truly believe. I believed that I had to do those things for God to answer me, love me, engage with me, bless me. And it's super, it's so subtle, you know, it's so, it's so insidious. It, it, you know, it kind of, it's like, and I, you know, the days when I would miss devotions, it was like, Oh, is God with me today? You know, is mm. and you question it, and you're, you know, you're, oh, maybe he's not, and then, 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 you know, I'd be asked to like speak or something, and I'm like, oh, I didn't have devotions today, so like, God, it won't bless this. Yeah. He, he's not in it, and so a lot of that, like, at least for me, and I'm not saying this for others, but for sure. me, it was kind of legalistic. I had a, a, um, I just felt like I had to work for God's presence in my life. Mm. I had to, you know, manipulate Him essentially. Um, and so because of that, I actually left praying for like a while, like a long time. Um, like I just stopped praying totally um, as a pastor, as a Christian. I, I just completely, for like a, a solid year, I, I just almost never, I would pray for others and I would pray sure. in public, but on my own time, I never prayed at all. Um, and I, w- I would, that's not fully true. There'd be little moments or pockets when I would break through and, you know, there'd be, you know, Hillsong was on and I would <laughs> I'd be in the car and be like, okay, God. Yeah, no, it's, it's always that one song. You got me. Comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Maverick City, it would hit and then I'd be like, oh, snap, this is it. <laughs> Great is your faithfulness to me. Yeah. Um, so it was in there. My that, that heart, that childhood faith was always in there. Uh-huh. But I had to, there was a lot of deconstructing with my prayer life that I had to do and then rebuilding, like reconstructing. Mm. And to be perfectly frank and honest and vulnerable, I'm kind of, I'm still in the reconstructing phase. Um nearer to the end but um yeah so so that's why i say it's a little more complicated i think than i articulated yesterday but yeah i think i think the one thing that i relate to there big time is um i had always been under that impression where okay then i have to like you said wake up Mm -hmm. and be on my knees and my head has to be bowed Mm -hmm. exactly like my eyes you know like like you know my hands got to be you know together Mm -hmm. and that's got to be at least three times a day and yeah. then, then I'm, you know, then, then we're good. Mm-hmm. And now it's been a lot more with the help of, you know, some people and, and kind of my dad, I've said my dad like four times, mm-hmm. anyway, whatever. Talk about him a lot on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, point is, Same. um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. He, he was like, well, just, just do this differently. And so now mm-hmm. it's more like I get in the car and I say, all right, God, I'm going to go put gas. You want to mm-hmm. just come, mm-hmm. you know, like, Ooh. like just it's- come with me to the gas station. I love uh, that. Yeah. Or, God, I'm gonna go play basketball with like four or five friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
help us have a good time. Nobody get hurt. And like, mm-hmm. I've started including him mm. in the little the little bits of my day. That's cool. In life. Yeah. And it's it's freed up, I think, my prayer life. Mm. Because I'm no longer like, okay, well, did I do my three or four, yep. you know, kneel downs with my head bowed or my eyes, you know, to the sky, you know, type of thing, yep. you know? And it's opened it up. So when you, you know, when you said that yesterday, mm-hmm. I was like, man, like this is, like this is, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing one-on-one with God, but I'm plugging him into, mm-hmm. God, I'm going to work or, 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 or God, I have a, you know, project. Mm-hmm. I need help with this detail or like something. I'm mm-hmm. including him in all of that mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. opened up Yeah, yeah, yeah. for me in my prayer life. That's yeah. beautiful, man. So wow. I appreciate you reaffirming that for me yesterday. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That, and, that one-on-one moment can mm-hmm. look like a bunch of different things. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be, I don't know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Like one specific format. Yeah. Because I think we do think that. We're, we yeah. think, oh, it needs to be head down, you know, eyes closed. <laughs> Yeah. Hands folded. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think yesterday I said that, but I think I'm really only at the beginning of experiencing that mm-hmm. if I'm fully vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I left praying for a long time. And because I just, I came to an understanding of the gospel that, okay, I don't need to be, I don't need to perform. So then why would I even pray? And so I just kind of threw away prayer totally, totally. Cause I'm like, well, that's. Like, I don't even need to, I don't even need to do it. Sure. You know, even in the, in the scripture we read yesterday, your father already knows what you need before you say yeah, it. Yeah, so why say anything? So why even say anything? Because God knows. God, 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 you know, he, he knows the desires of my heart. Mm-hmm. He, he knows where I'm at. He knows what I need. So I, I don't need to verbalize it. But there is something, and this is new, like the past couple of years of my life of relearning this. There's, I do think there is something, this is maybe easier if you're, um, what am I trying to say? If you've been through a space of like deconstructing a lot of things, then maybe this is more difficult. If you haven't, if like truth and spiritual life is really simple to you and it just makes sense and you believe Mm -hmm. by faith, maybe this is, this is a a lot easier, but I think there is something crucial about setting aside time and actually verbalizing. I think there's something that happens when you speak it. Mm -hmm. I think there's Mm -hmm. something different. And I've noticed that for me, even like, more vulnerability, like Friday night, night before the sermon, I'm just like stressed out. I'm like, Oh God, God, I want to do a good job. I'm, you know, I'm in my hotel room and I'm, and I go down to kneel. And this has happened recently uh, for me where, because I hadn't prayed for so long now, all of a sudden when I do, it's really tender for some reason. And I always end up getting emotional and, uh, uh, and yeah, so I feel like I, I was reminded once again, even the night before, like, I still feel anxiety about praying, about entering that space, but I find when I do it, like God is so kind and loving and patient and, yeah. and that it's it's only good. It's nothing bad, it's nothing bad ever happens <laughs> when I do it. In fact, it's only life yeah. giving. So that was really cool. Yeah, man. Man, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um I got one last thing for you. Okay, yeah. Then you're free. <laughs> I don't feel trapped, by the way. <laughs> This is actually a joy. That's good. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's the uh, that's the goal. There's always room for one more. You know, there's always room for one more. more. All, right. All right. Nice. Had to throw the tagline in there just because. Oh, yeah. Crucial. Uh, crucial. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'd love to know. We've kicked off a new year. Yeah. We're a month in, which is kind of crazy already to think about. That it is. January is already long gone. Time but, flies. Uh, I'm just curious, as young people, mm-hmm. in your eyes, um, and maybe. 
how do I want to say this? In the context of the church, I guess, mm-hmm. as young people, as we kick off a new year, mm-hmm. what is one thing you think we... Missing sounds really bad, but one thing that we ought to strive for in this year uh, as young people in the church uh, as we await Jesus coming back. Mm. What do I think we ought to strive for? Mm. Is there one thing that comes to mind? Well, I guess I'll just stay on theme with the sermon and what we've been talking about. Like, I just think honesty Mm. is can never be uh, overestimated the power of honesty. Mm. I often, just as a pastor and also as a friend, I was always, part of the reason I knew I wanted to be a pastor, I think is, or kind of I saw God leading that direction was I, I was always the counselor for my friend group. All okay. my, my friends would come to me about, like, Anthony, I'm dating this person. And like, they did this, like, what should I do? Like, and I'm like, why are you asking me? Okay, but then we would, like, even when I was like totally single, people would be like, what should I do? Whatever, whatever. And it's not because I'm super wise. I don't know. I think I'm, um, but I do love just listening and mm. having like, it's so, it brings me a lot of joy to listen. So maybe that's a part of it. But I, I remember um, that being part of the reason and time and time again, when people would say, I have this conflict with this person, you know, and I found this throughout the years as well as I've pastored now so many more times than not the core of the conflict whether it's marriage, friendship, engaged, dating, or just a misunderstanding, coworker, whatever. So many times what it comes down to is an honest conversation has not been had. Nobody has had, no one has expressed how they actually feel. Yeah. Either you're dancing around the issue uh-huh. or one person has, doesn't know how to help, say it in a healthy way so they explode at the other person. The other person's like, you know, uh, it, they're, they're so hurt. Um, but so many times it comes back to that. There wasn't honesty. No one was honest. And so to me, um, it's, it's incredible to me how many times I'm having a conversation at the very end, what it comes down to is like, Hey, have you, have you told them you feel this way? And they're like, no. (laughs) Or have you had that conversation? Have you asked them? Have you went, have you got, have you initiated gone to them and said, Hey, Hmm. when you did this, it made me feel this way. Hey, you know, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at. This is the truth. And, um, I just think the truth sets you free. So, yeah. yeah. Truth in 2023. Truth in that's, 2023. That's what you would, that's what you'd throw out there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So more words could be said, but this has been good. This has been, this has been really good. Um, one of the better, one of the better ones I've been involved with. Don't tell any of the other guests oh, man. that I've had. So I, I feel like I'm <laughs> rambling. So. I never have a big head because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's all good. It was uh, it was really, really, really good time. Uh, nice. So I appreciate you and your words uh, and your ministry. Uh, An honor. And uh, and the impact that you've had here in a couple of days. So, so cool. That's, uh, I appreciate you for being here. Big thanks, time. Man. Big time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, wherever you're listening around the world, thanks so much for your support of Elevate. Uh, you can always... Keep up with what's going on at Elevate by following all the Instagram links and all that stuff that's going to be in the description. Uh, Thank you so much for everything that you do. Like I always say, make sure and share this with a family member or a friend, whoever you feel may be blessed or touched by some of the words that you heard um, in this episode. And uh, you never know who might be going through their phone and might just happen to pop up on the episode that you shared and 
could make a big impact in their life. So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Sermon series coming out. I mean, it's just a lot of good stuff going on for Elevate. We're excited. And uh, that's that's all of us working alongside God to make, to make this possible, staying mm-hmm. in community as much as possible. So thanks again so much. And like I always say, for Pastor Anthony and me, there's always room for one more. Always room for one more.